If you are an active person, most likely you have or you will at some point sustain an ankle sprain. Even research concludes that ankle sprains are one of the most common musculoskeletal related injuries. Think about when you're growing up. I know that I have gone through several ankle sprains. And a lot of times it's just, oh, it's an ankle sprain. It's a minor injury. Don't worry about it. Just take some time and it'll get better. But I want you to think for a second. To you, how important is recovering from an ankle sprain? If you were to put a number on it, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being it's extremely important to recover well from an ankle sprain, or 1, eh, it's no big deal, it's just a minor issue. Taking care of many, many ankle sprains, I will say that I truly think that recovering from an ankle sprain, it is extremely important. It is a 10 out of 10. When we think of ankle sprains as a minor issue, it can easily cause further, more serious problems in the future. So it's very important that we address it. The way that I can explain it and make it more relatable, it's almost like if you had a minor structural issue on your house, on the foundation of your house. It doesn't necessarily mean that your house is going to fall down at this moment, but at the same time, it should be addressed before it turns into something much more serious and eventually it could lead to your house collapsing. That's kind of like an ankle sprain. It's a minor issue right now, but it easily could turn into something much more serious in the future unless you address all of the things that need to be addressed so that you can play, perform at the high level and know that that ankle is going to meet all of the demands of your activities. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another week. If you're new to the podcast, I welcome you. Please check out the library of previous episodes. Hopefully you'll find a lot of great topics, guest interviews, and things that will really help you to elevate your performance. For you returning listeners, thank you again for joining me. Welcome back to another episode. And today's episode is going to be all about ankle sprains. I want to keep this one short. I say this for every single solo episode. Let's not get long-winded here. So I am going to jump straight into the content. Now, this is a common injury. A lot of us will experience ankle sprains. I know one time when I was a little kid, I must have been maybe eight or nine would be my guess. And I was playing basketball. This was right before a basketball game. At this time in my life, I was all into basketball. Huge Michael Jordan fan. You know, basketball was what I was passionate about at this time. And before a game, we were warming up. I remember I was just doing a layup and nothing explosive just warming up and when I tried to jump off my foot to do the layup my ankle just inverted I rolled my ankle and sprained my ankle couldn't play that game now ankle sprains there can be a lot of factors a lot of mechanisms to actually sprain your ankle but in this case who knows what it was I just was not ready to do that layup that I've done hundreds of times before for whatever reason my muscles didn't fire at the right time I didn't have that control and I rolled my ankle other people, it might be a contact injury. Sometimes you might step in a hole, roll your ankle. Whatever it is, what happens next? And I think this is something that is overlooked a lot of the times because we just think rest, ice, take some time off, 
And then once you don't have pain, let's just jump back into the activities. But I'm going to give you a lot of insight today as to what we should pay attention to and address so that you can reduce the chance of spraining your ankle again or reduce any chances of further injury in other joints in the future. So when we sustain an ankle sprain, a lot of it has to do with our proprioception, which is this feedback mechanism of our joints, all of these mechanoreceptors in our muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints, communicating where our joint is in space, what it's doing back up to our brain. And our brain can actually give instruction as to how to stabilize that joint, what muscles to fire, where to create tension, how to coordinate some movement so that we can keep our joint, in this case, our ankle, functioning well without getting injured. A lot of this has to do with kinesthetic awareness too, just knowing how you're moving your body and where your body is in space. Unfortunately, a lot of this shuts off and this system gets disrupted, which causes an ankle sprain to begin with, especially if it was something that you could have just fell down or something that could have been prevented by you protecting your ankle joint without it going beyond the threshold of our range of motion. So a big factor to remember this is proprioception. What I want to say about this is proprioception has a lot to do with our ankle mobility. Now, all of these mechanoreceptors, I'm not gonna go too in depth into this, but in order for these mechanoreceptors to communicate this information back up to our brain, we need to have adequate mobility. We need our joints, our tendons, our muscle to actually be able to sense change in range of motion, tension, and a lot of this has to do with adequate mobility. Because if our ankle is really, really stiff, these mechanoreceptors are not going to be able to pick up any information to send back up to the brain. A lot of this information will be canceled out because of all that stiffness. So these mechanoreceptors can't really sense what is actually going on to adequately provide accurate information of what's going on locally in that joint. So remember this, a lot of times stiffness really impedes and disrupts this communication of what your joint actually is doing. And if the information is being disrupted or communicated ineffectively back up to your brain, then our brain can't really coordinate how to control our ankle joint, where to create tension, what muscles to fire, what range of motion can we control? How can we even control our overall ankle? And a lot of this creates more stiffness. And more stiffness, again, will disrupt our proprioceptive capabilities to actually control our ankle even further. So you can see right here, ankle mobility and being able to control that mobility, that is very key for injury prevention, but also what I'm going to talk about next, ankle rehab. So real briefly, let's go over some ankle anatomy. Basically, your ankle is consisted of multiple joints, all in your ankle joint. So the first thing is that you have the two bones of your shin, your tibia and your fibula, and they sit side by side. The two bony protrusions on each side of your ankle, the inside and the outside, medial lateral side, that is your tibia and your fibula. Now, because it's two bones, right? We need those two bones to be secure. They can't be splitting apart. So in layman's terms, when you hear that term high ankle sprain, that's the ligaments and the syndesmosis area of your two shin bones getting sprained. So it got stretched and those two bones are splitting apart wider. And that's going to cause a lot of pain because if you have two bones that are splitting wider every time you weight bear, that's going to cause some stress and pain. That layman's term high ankle sprain again, that is a very different sprain to deal with in rehab. Now in your ankle joint, you have your talocrural joint, which is where the two bones 
sit on top of your talus. So that's the bone right underneath or inside of your ankle, I guess you can think of. And that is primarily responsible for moving your foot up and down. Plantar flexion, dorsiflexion. Now that typically gets affected when we have our most common ankle sprain. Below that bone, you have your talus and your calcaneus. That's the bone of your heel. That bone will control lateral movement. So what we call inversion, when your foot goes inwards, and eversion, when your foot goes outwards. Now, most commonly, why I'm explaining this is most commonly people will suffer an inversion ankle sprain. It's when you roll on the outside of your foot and your foot goes inwards and your ankle is going outwards or laterally. You can get medial ankle sprains where your foot is going outwards and your ankle is coming inwards, but that's usually less common just because of the mechanism of injury and the anatomy of our ankle. So why I'm explaining this, not to get all into anatomy, but basically you can see that there's a lot of movement between these three joints. And collectively, they work together to provide not only mobility in our ankle, but they work together to provide a lot of different movements and the ability for us to actually absorb force and interact with the ground. Now, each ankle sprain will be a little bit different. So understanding the mechanism of injury, meaning how you got injured, what tissues got stressed, and what we need to restore, that's very important when it comes to ankle rehab. Now, I know what people are thinking. It's already sounding like, wow, there's a lot of things to address in ankle sprains. Yes, there is a lot of things to address because it's such a crucial component of any weight-bearing, land-bearing sport because we always have to be on our feet. So, okay, you suffered an ankle sprain. I'm not going to go in-depth into the pathology of injuries, but let's say you suffered an ankle sprain. What should you do immediately after? And again, the first thing that I will say is you should get it looked at by a medical professional. This is by no means replacing professional medical advice. It's always good to roll out anything more serious, meaning fractures, tendon subluxations, anything that has to deal with neuro or vascular supply to your foot. So you should always get it checked out. But if we're dealing with a typical common ankle sprain, your lateral ankle sprain, what you should do is immediately after, you should ice it. And the reason is that the body, we need inflammation to start the healing process. But typically what the body is going to do, especially because this is in the lower part of our leg where gravity is going to pull down all of the blood and fluids, the body is going to overdo the inflammation process, meaning that it's going to be excessive. There's going to be a lot of swelling in the area if we don't get it in control relatively quickly. So you want to start to ice. Ice just to minimize the excessive swelling again. In addition to trying to get the swelling to not go overboard, you also want to elevate your leg and keep it compressed. Again, there's going to be some swelling. That's perfectly fine. That's natural. But we don't want it to look like your ankle turned into a basketball. If it's so swollen, that's really going to slow down how fast you can recover from your ankle sprain. Now, once the swelling is managed, meaning that it's not going to continue to swell, that's when we want to start trying to address some of the subacute issues as quickly as possible. And what they are, they're going to be pain. You know, typically we're going to have pain with our ankle because of the swelling in there, because of the injured tissue, you sprain your ligaments. We're going to have swelling again, and we're also going to have muscles shutting down. We're going to lose a lot of function, which is all normal with injuries. So what you want to do with this is try to do things that help to alleviate pain. A lot of this will be modifying your activities. 
If you keep walking and weight bearing on a relatively fresh ankle sprain, that's not going to help your recovery process. It's probably going to cause more compensatory movements, more tightness, more swelling, more pain, irritation. So you want to modify your activities. With the swelling, compression and elevation works great. You want to start to get normal circulation. You want to get that lymphatic drainage. And how to get some of that drainage is to elevate your leg. Elevate it above your heart. And that's what's going to facilitate venous and lymphatic drainage so that things can flush out of your ankle. And also muscles are going to start to shut down. So this is where we can start to do things to keep those muscles from getting so weak, so atrophied, and so turned off. Now once the swelling is manageable and it starts to go down, this is where I wouldn't recommend to overly ice. You shouldn't use ice as a crutch meaning that you're doing way too much activities beyond the threshold of what your tissues can tolerate. And because of that, you're irritating your ankle and then you slap on ice. The more that we rely on ice as this crutch, one, it's not going to help our healing process and make things go according to plan. And two, we might be doing way too much and using ice as kind of a band-aid to mask that we're doing too much. So keep that in mind. If you want to learn more about my perspective on how I utilize ice. I did episode 32, Are You Icing Injuries Too Much? And that's a great resource, especially when it comes to ankle sprains. Once we start to do some strengthening, get the range of motion, we want to make sure that we're not creating more pain and stressing the damaged ligament or the sprained ligament. And the reason, again, that we want to start to get not only passive range of motion, but that active control, active range of motion is again, because we want to jumpstart and restore this proprioceptive system. And remember, if our ankle is really stiff and we don't have that mobility, we're already putting that proprioceptive system at a major disadvantage. So we got to start to get that mobility, both passive and actively. Another good thing to be aware of is that most ankle sprains, because of lack of range of motion, the lack of function and you're not using your muscles as much, typically our calf and our Achilles are going to get tight. Other things are going to get tight as well, but a very common product of ankle sprains is that the calf gets really tight. So that's something that you want to address, especially in that early stages of rehab. Now, typically if we do the right things, we start to get muscles to turn on and we start to build some of that basic strength. This is what allows us to play on ankle sprains still in a safe way, protect the ligament so that it can continue to heal because we have secondary stability kicking in. Our muscles are able to withstand all of the stresses and forces that we're doing. And we're able to do that and still let the ligament to continue to heal. Now, most moderate ankle sprains, nothing too severe, is going to probably take about four to six weeks for the ligament to actually heal. The ligament takes a little longer because lack of blood supply compared to other tissues. But again, the ligament doesn't have to be 100% healed if we have the strength, the motor control, the proprioceptive capabilities to really protect our ankle. Now, this is the part that I want to talk about today is how to progressively strength and condition your ankle so that you can get back to your activities while you minimize the risk of re-injuring your ankle or re-injuring some other part of your body. And this is where I can't stress enough that rehab shouldn't end when your ankle pain is resolved because there's still a lot of things that need to be addressed for you to continue to strengthen your ankle. And this is what I want to talk about progressively strength and conditioning the right muscles in the right way. 
So I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but let's just go over some key points. So the basics in the beginning, especially, is turn on your muscles. A lot of times we're just doing movements and we don't realize that certain muscles are so weak or not even turned on, like it's hard for us to activate it. So get the basic muscles to fire. Get basic strength. And with this, I will say, don't only just focus around your ankle. A lot of times your hip and your ankle really work together to create lateral motion, to control the knee position. So focus on strengthening your hip and your core too. That's a very important part, especially when we can't do as many ankle exercises in the beginning. It's very crucial to make sure that your hip doesn't start to shut off, especially because we're not usually walking normally. We want to make sure that we don't let our hip function really decline. Now, as you start to move more, get more of the range of motion back, gradually increase your strength through the range of motion. In the beginning, you're not going to be able to move fully through the range of motion because it'll stress the ligament. But over time, as your range of motion improves, it's very important to get that control of the range of motion and get that strength in the right muscles so that you can actually control your ankle in all different positions, all different forms of weight-bearing movements and sport-specific movements. Now, the next thing to think about is always control first before speed. Many times in the beginning, your ankle is going to be very weak, deconditioned. So focus on that control first. Focus on the quality of movement. As you get that, you can do more of the faster speed movements and progress back into what you need to do functionally for your sport and your activity. So some examples is, you know, make sure that you can walk well, control that foot and the ankle first before you start to even jog or do something more intense like hops or running. Even things that we don't think about. Make sure that you can walk laterally before you start to do shuffling or faster types of lateral movements. So just be progressive with this. And along these lines, you want to increase the ground reaction forces very gradually. So remember that. The faster speeds, there's more ground reaction forces. You know, if we're on double leg, we're carrying our mass over both feet. But if we start to do single leg things, even if that's light jogging or single leg exercises, just know that the ground reaction forces that we have to counter and stabilize against and make sure that we can support that ankle and the ligament, that is something that needs to be progressed gradually in a systematic way when you're starting to restore that strength. A lot of times if we go too fast, you might be able to do it, but you might create some bad habits, some compensatory movements, again, that won't really help to address the issues that you need to keep that ankle safe. Now, once we start to tolerate more ground reaction forces, then you want to introduce gradually multi-dimensional, multi-planar work. I always emphasize in a controlled environment first, especially coming off in an ankle sprain, you don't want to do anything reactive or anything that's going to be questionable? Is it going to be beyond that threshold where they can re-injure their ankle? So controlled environment first, you know, forward and backwards movements in the sagittal plane. Then you want to get to lateral movements, controlled environment, moving left and right in the frontal plane. And then lastly, in the transverse plane, especially when you're getting back into sports specific movements and drills, conditioning work, Simple things, straight ahead running first, lateral running next, then running some curves, you know, things that are not too aggressive, and then cutting abrupt change of directions. That's something that's going to be last when you know that their ankle can tolerate all of these less aggressive movements prior to that. And then the last component that I want to talk about and just mention, and this is something especially with ankle sprains that I have really, really emphasized a lot in the past few years is that this idea of training with more cognitive load. Now, what does this mean is that when you're doing your sport, 
If it's not in a controlled environment, there's a lot of cognitive load that you have to think about as you're trying to control your ankle and your movement. Meaning that you have the defender, you have other things that you're thinking about, you're distracted with multiple visual points that you're focusing on. On top of that, you're focusing on the strategy of the game and other things that are on your mind. Now, with all of this cognitive load, you have to be able to control the ankle movement and make sure that you can carry out the task effectively. A lot of this has to do with the neuroplasticity, meaning how does your brain adapt following an injury? And how can we still restore proprioceptive capabilities, kinesthetic awareness, and restore that overall motor control? So this is strength and conditioning at this point, making sure that you can do different drills, different tasks, different balance exercises, movement, quickness drills, and do it with more cognitive load placed on you mentally. And are you still able to control that ankle? And this is how we're going to gradually transition you back into your sport, because this gets really close to practice and game time situations where you have a lot more things to react to. And the main point here is that this is beyond tissue healing, because by this point, you don't have any pain. If you do have pain, then we got to backtrack and address some of the issues, the root cause that's causing you pain. But once your pain is resolved beyond tissue healing, this is very important to prevent re-injuries, recurrent ankle sprains. And this is also very important to prevent any other type of significant issues in the future. Many times if the ankle starts to shut down or becomes the weak link, then the next thing to go is the knee, then the hip, then the back. And you don't want to get into that situation where something minor, again, because it wasn't addressed, it turned into a much bigger and more severe issue. Think about the house example again, a minor structural issue. If that's not addressed, it could easily turn into something very severe. And that's why it's so important to address these minor ankle sprains early on to make sure that it doesn't cause more problems down the road. Unfortunately, many ankle sprains lead to lasting compensations that go on well after the ankle becomes pain-free, after that ankle sprain is resolved. If you can think about a time that you sprain your ankle or someone that you know has, you know how much compensation there is in the first couple days. So a lot of that compensation, if it doesn't get addressed, of course, not to that degree, but minor compensations can last for years and even decades after an ankle injury. And when you keep moving like that through years and years, that's when other issues can arise and it can again turn into a more serious problem down the road. So this is why I think it's so important. Again, it's a 10 out of 10 of how important it is to make sure that the recovery and the rehab process and the strengthening process following an ankle sprain is done in a thorough and complete way to make sure that you're safe and you're also capable to do all of the things that you want to do. The take home message here is that waiting for ankle pain to go away after an ankle sprain, that is not the same as restoring ankle function. And that's the message that I hope everyone takes home from this is that you need to restore and actively make sure that your ankle is functioning well with the rest of your body so that it doesn't become problematic down the road. I will leave the episode at that. Thank you for staying with me. I tried to make it concise. Hopefully that was a lot of information jammed into this episode. Again, if you like the episode content, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. Give it five stars. Leave a helpful review for other people to find the podcast and help with the growth of the podcast. I thank you again for all of your support. Stay tuned for more. Follow my Instagram. I'm starting to be more active on my YouTube channel. So follow along. I have a lot of exciting news coming down the pipeline in the next few months. Again, thank you for all of your support. 
I hope everyone has a great week. I will be here same time, same place next week. Until then, aloha. 